0: Entrepreneur on Fire, 727. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. As entrepreneurs, we work incredibly hard to create amazing content. Don't risk it all being lost because you don't have it backed up. Backblaze Online Backup can help. Listeners can get a free trial at backblaze.com slash fire. Behind fear and lack of confidence, design projects are what I see hold entrepreneurs back most. Luckily, 99designs can help. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. Boom. Shake the room, Fire Nation. John Lee Dumas here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Rachel Cruz. Rachel, are you prepared to ignite?
1: Yes, I am, John.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Rachel is a seasoned communicator and presenter, helping Americans learn the proper ways to handle money and stay out of debt. Her new book, Smart Money, Smart Kids, co-authored by her dad, Dave Ramsey, released April 2014 and debuted as number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Rachel, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight. So take a minute, tell us about you personally, and then a little more about the biz.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I uh, I guess like I'm I'm more known as growing up as Dave Ramsey's daughter, and so you know, growing up in his household, we obviously learned a lot about how money works. And when I went to college, is kind of when I realized that I lived in a I grew up in a in a financial bubble, if you will, because we learned. If you don't have the money, you don't buy it. You live on less than you make. You save up and pay for things in cash. And so it was kind of this bubble because that's not how the real world works. Wait right? a
0: second. That's not what Americans do.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, shocking. <laughs> it's so shocking. And so in college, I really, my eyes were open to my generation and realizing, oh my gosh, there's such a lack of knowledge here. Uh, and so when I graduated college, uh, my passion really was to reach my generation. So Over the past almost five years, I've been traveling, talking to high school students and college students, young adults, uh, now with this book, talking to parents about teaching their kids about money and just really trying to get this money message to a younger generation because my story is not like my parents. My parents filed for bankruptcy the year I was born, and so I've been given really the gift of understanding how money works from an early age, so I was able to avoid so many money mistakes that a lot of people have made. And I just see that as such a gift and a blessing. And I just want to pass that on. I want other people my age and younger to to be empowered with this message as early as possible.
0: No, Rachel, it is such a blessing. And I actually feel blessed personally to have grown up in a very similar bubble. You know, I come from Maine, so we are very much hardworking, hardworking, Um, spend less than you make. That was always the mentality of my household as well. So when I wanted to go to college, you know, I was not going to take on college debt. So I went ahead and did an ROTC scholarship. And, you know, there was a lot of sacrifice that goes in with that. I had to spend the next eight years post-college as an officer in the U.S. Army, which entailed a 13-month tour of duty in Iraq and other things along those lines. But the reality is, Rachel, is that I'm the same generation as you. And so when I did decide to take my entrepreneurial leap, I was able to to do so not only with no debt because of how I was brought up and the steps that I had taken, but also with a pretty decent savings, a pretty decent runway that allowed Entrepreneur on Fire to go nine months of not only not making any money, but of losing money before I turned that corner. And I never would have been able to do that having debt and living paycheck to paycheck. And so that's so critical. And this message that we're going to be sharing through you today, Rachel, is so critical. But before we get into more of that, we always start entrepreneur on fire off with a success quote and how you apply this success quote to your life. So take it away.
1: Sure. Well, the quote I chose for this I feel like was appropriate because I am a younger generation. I started working and doing this uh my message and speaking at twenty one. Uh, so I'm still in my mid-20s, and I think a lot of people out there, uh, if you are younger, I think we can kind of get bogged down from our age and our experience and thinking, you know, so many people older than us have so much more to offer, uh, where I don't believe that's true. So Ed Cole said, maturity doesn't come with age. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. And I think that's just so encouraging. And as a young professional and a woman, you know, I look at that and I'm like, you know, it's so true that you can interact with so many people, but but to be mature and to and to work hard, and, and to be in the workforce, and to succeed, it doesn't matter your age. You just have to accept responsibility, which can be a scary thing, uh, but I just love that. So every time I see that quote, it's one of my favorites for for the young people out there, if you will.
0: <laughs> Us young is out there, and you know, it does come with acceptance, and that's really something that's really huge and really powerful, is that if you really want to go forward and have that maturity and really be a relevant part of society, you can take up that role in a really professional and mature way. And you know, for me, again, Rachel, when I left the army, here I was, I had no debt, I had money to spend, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take a break. And what happened? I was no longer relevant in society, and, and that kind of hurt. I realized I wanna be part of this world, and I wanna add value to it some way. So a lot of people were envious of my situation, saying, wow, I wish I could not have to get a job right away and do this and do that, but the reality is, you know, it's powerful to be relevant. And you've been doing that, Rachel, since the age of 21. And it's just great to see the message and the mindset shifts that you're really just having on our generation. And I really got to thank you for that. And what I'd like to do now, and it's not like you have this incredibly long journey. I mean, you're only 25 years old, but you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you've experienced the ups, you've experienced the downs, as all entrepreneurs do. So, Rachel, take a minute and take us on a journey of your failure story that you want to share with us today. I'm sure there's more than one, and there's more than one struggle that we all experience, but I would love for you just to take us to a moment when you, Rachel Cruz, didn't hit it out of the ballpark and struggled and faced obstacles, and then let's analyze those lessons you learned.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think probably one of my my worst memories, you could say, of (laughs) working— one of the things I do is I travel and I speak and public speaking for a lot of people is it's the number one, you know, fear in America totally. today. Say, And so people hate public speaking. Um, but I always kind of had a knack for it. Since I was 15, I had been speaking with my dad uh, with audiences, you know, as large as 8,000 people. So it's something that I, I became very comfortable with very early. But as I started traveling and speaking, probably you know, two years into doing this, I would travel by myself and go to these great conferences. And and you could say I got kind of prideful pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember, again, it was probably two years into my, into my speaking on my own and my journey. Um, and I was at an event in Oklahoma, and I had not practiced. I had not uh, prepared because I went in as a prideful young 20 person thinking, oh, they... They've paid me to come here. I'm going to be great. I know what I'm doing. I've done this for 2 years. No big deal. And I get up on stage and I completely froze. And I didn't have notes. I mean, it was just the it was the worst feeling and I fumbled around. I just did I did a horrible job. A horrible job. And at the end I was so embarrassed and I was so humbled in that moment and and I apologized to the people who brought me. I mean, they they were like you were fine. Uh, but I knew it was not good and it was not excellence, And that's usually what I'm used to doing. And, and so I think for me, my thing is even though you have a natural gift or something that you lean towards naturally, you still have to hone your skill. You still have to practice. And so that was a lesson I learned. So just from public speaking, just the, the tactical side, you know, I I now say my talks out loud at least three times before I go out on stage because I want to be prepared. Uh, and, and I And I was looking in that situation as, as someone who thought, you know, well, I, I've done this for so long. I'm not going to worry about it. And you brush it aside. And those are the times where I screw up. Uh, and, and I'm not perfect to this day on that. But but the times where I practice and I hone my skill is when I'm excellent at what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I think that was just, it was a learning point for me. And and I ate humble pie that afternoon. <laughs>
0: So, Rachel, let's analyze this for a second because you couldn't be more right. Public speaking is the number one phobia. Most people will just refuse to do it. I can remember so clearly my first major public speaking appearance, and I had this incredible PowerPoint slide presentation that I relied upon for everything, and then lo and behold, technology fails, and the slides can't go up, the microphone's having issues, and I just couldn't present worth anything because I was not having my crutch which were these slides and actually from that day forward I vowed that I was never going to have slides or a presentation to have to rely on. Again, I mean, I might have a couple here and there just to to show, but I was going to really rely on me being able to be up there and just present naturally. But what kind of makes me nervous now is that now I kind of do approach a lot of these presentations like you seem to used to when you were really confident you could get up there and just present. So now you're making me kind of nervous thinking about some presentations I have coming up. You know, maybe... I'm not preparing enough. So can we kind of analyze like what happened on that stage? Cause obviously you said your handlers didn't feel like you were that bad. You, you use the word you froze. Like what exactly happens?
1: Yeah. Well, I just completely blanked out. I mean, I, uh, I usually, you know, in most of these situations I have my outline. I've, I haven't memorized word for word cause you still want to be natural. You want to free flow. You want to go kind of where the audience takes you sometimes as well and be flexible on stage with your content. But But having the foundation of what you're going to speak on uh, is what's important. And so some people have different tactics on how they go about it. But I just remember that that particular one, just being up there and just thinking, you know, oh my gosh, am I supposed to be talking about... Parents and money, am I supposed to, I mean, am I supposed to be talking about money? I mean, I completely just I, I don't know how I how I ended up on stage the way I was and how I was not prepared. So I kind of winged it. But but what's frustrating and what's something that's been drilled into me and I think that's important is is to be not only excellent, but when you're excellent in the ordinary. So ordinary and average can cut it sometimes. But when you're beyond that that's when you shine that's when people look at you and think okay you're an expert you do this well you have a skill you've worked hard if you're just excellent at things and excellence it takes time to go into it anyone can be average uh but it takes a lot to be excellent and so i think that's what was a wake-up call to me is you know going back to how i grew up just like you you know with working hard doing everything to the best of your ability and i just didn't prove that to myself that day um, and so, again, while average can take you places and people can accept it, you'd rather get off that stage and they'll be shocked and surprised about how amazing you were and how <laughs> well and, and not just about you as the presenter, but the content you're bringing. Because right. I'm bringing a message of money management and really a message of hope. People are, are freaked out and they're stressed out about their money situation. And I have the answers, I believe, to help get them out. It's going to be their part to play to actually do it day to day, but I have the information um, to to help them, and that's really that that's a privilege to be able to help someone in that sense. And and I just didn't take it that seriously.
0: So Rachel, value bombs is what you've been dropping here on Fire Nation. And I really love to kind of wrap up each one of these individual segments with one takeaway that you, Rachel Cruz, really want our listeners, Fire Nation, to walk away with. If you could just say that one takeaway from that experience in your life, what would that be?
1: I would say honing your skill day in and day out is a crucial part of winning.
0: Love that. And Rachel, this is the time that we go to the other end of the spectrum now. You've told us a time that you were on stage, you froze, you blinked, but you still winged it. You still made it happen because your base of knowledge was there and you learned from it. And so thank you for sharing that. But now I want to talk about a time in your life when a light bulb went off. And obviously, Rachel, you've had many of these moments and you're still having those moments daily and you will have more in the future. But there's one in particular that I, like, I would like for you to share, of course, your choice, that you had an aha moment where you just said, wow, this is authentically me, Rachel Cruz. This is what my intuition is telling me to do. And share with us that specific story, Rachel, then walk us through the steps you took after having that idea to turn it into success.
1: I think it was probably the moment where I realized that this is what I wanted to do with my life. And it was early on, Uh, I was 18, and I had just uh, gotten onto my college campus at the University of Tennessee, and I was in freshman orientation, and I'll never forget meeting a girl in my class, and after it was done, I was sitting next to her, and she just asked if if I wanted to go grab lunch with her, and I said yes, and so we walked out of the building, walked across the street, got into the parking lot, and got into her brand new BMW, very nice car, you know, the leather makes everything great in life, the smell. I mean, it was just like one of those brand new cars. And and I told her sitting there, I mean, I, I told her in the passenger seat, I was like, you have a really nice car. This is an amazing car. And I'll never forget. She said, thanks. I just got it for high school graduation. It's my first car loan. And my mom co-signed the loan for me. And as Dave Ramsey's daughter, I'm sitting in the passenger seat, you know, just thinking, oh, my gosh, the average car payment in North America today is $482. But if you put that in a good growth stock mutual fund from age 18 to age 65, you'd have $5.2 million. <laughs> and, you know, she, we're 18. You know, she's looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, but, but that was the moment where I realized, you know, growing up and understanding that debt does not have to be a part of your life, that you can truly live life debt free that money doesn't have to be a stress point for you you can control your money instead of your money controlling you I heard those things my entire life watch my parents live it out but as i sat in that bmw in knoxville tennessee that was my light bulb moment of realizing okay i'm 18 i don't have a lot of knowledge with money i have the basics but I know what this is doing to her. And I know this extra job she's having to work to pay this ridiculous car payment in college. I mean, you know, all of these thoughts started coming to me. And I just remember thinking, I could help her. You know, if she wanted help and asked me, I had I had advice for her in her money situation, her financial situation at 18. So the, so I remember calling my parents and, and talking to my dad that night and telling him about it and just thinking, Dad you know, she wasn't stupid. She's not a dumb girl. She's very intelligent, but she just has no idea what she's doing. And, and those mistakes are going to follow her for the next, you know, 10 years, you know, seven years of that car loan. Uh, And so that was really my moment where I realized, I I think I can help my generation and I'm not perfect. I don't have every answer, but from that moment on, I realized, you know, I I've been given a gift of knowledge that I can share with people. So that was really my, my light bulb moment of realizing this is what I wanted to do with my life.
0: Rachel, see, that's a powerful story because most listeners can definitely resonate with that moment that they said, you know, I can handle that payment. And then six months, eight months, sometimes two months down the line, they're like, wow, this is oppressive. This is now a weight upon my shoulders. And a lot of Americans, just because it's so common to have all kinds of debt, They don't even know that they're carrying around this burden that's just literally dragging behind them, stopping them from taking opportunities that they may want to in the entrepreneurial field or in the small business sector or any other number of things. And so for you, Rachel, you must have seen it just kind of like this weight that gets lifted off of people's shoulders and this dull shine in the eyes just turns sharp and bright when you help people go from being burdened by debt into being free and really masters of their own destiny. I mean, how does that feel?
1: I mean, it's amazing just to give hope to people because I think people don't realize, uh, or some people do, I should say majority of people do, about how much, yes, debt is such a weight for people. You know, I believe debt is a thief. It steals not only your income from you and as a small business owner or a business owner, you know, you work hard. Yeah, You make sacrifices in your life to make that paycheck and to see that leave and credit card debt and student loan debt and, and, and car loans. I mean, it's crazy how much debt eats at people's hard-earned money. And so it not only steals your income from you, but it also steals your peace of mind. Because your motivation for working is to pay payments and to keep afloat versus being able to to look into the future and look ahead. You know, people, they, they look in their rearview mirror their whole lives with debt, throwing money backwards to decisions they've made years ago versus being able to look forward and say, okay, what does my future have? What can I do with my money? Because it's my money. It's not the bank's money. It's my money that I'm earning. Um, So it is, it's an incredible thing. And when people become debt-free, if you listen to dad's radio show, the Dave Ramsey show, (laughs) people get to scream out that they are debt-free and you hear their journey and their story of doing that. And, and you hear it in their voices. I mean, they just scream because it's again, it's a different type of freedom uh, when you know you don't owe money to anyone.
0: So debt is a thief. Like truer words, Fire Nation, have never been spoken. And specifically for entrepreneurs, debt can be a thief of opportunity. Opportunity for you to actually throw your hat in the ring and go after something. Again, I never would have been able to throw my hat in the ring and start a -a seven-day-a-week podcast if I didn't have a debt-free life, if I didn't have some savings in the bank that I could rely upon while I got the wheels turning. So don't let debt and just don't let being you know, burdened by this, be a thief of your opportunities. And Rachel, because of stories like this and so many more, you've had a number of incredibly proud moments, rightfully so. But I want you to tell us another story. And this story is going to be your proudest entrepreneurial moments. What would that be?
1: I would say right now in life, I think the book, uh, Smart Money, Smart Kids, that I did with my dad. I think, uh, you know, it hit... The list number one on the New York Times. We got to do you know tons of media and all these interviews with all these amazing people, and all of that was was incredible. But I honestly think, you know, the the way I was looking at it is each book sold is a family tree that potentially has changed forever. Uh, again, because my story is not like my parents' story. I I have been able to succeed early in life because I was set up with a foundation of knowledge on how to win financially. Uh, you know, people think that just because I'm Dave Ramsey's daughter, you know, they're like, well, of course you're winning financially. And I'm like, he's not sending me secret checks in the mail, people. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, I, I was given as, a, you know, a mom and a dad gave me knowledge that now my husband and I, we can make smart choices. And so when I see, you know, smart money, smart kids on, you know, people Instagram it or Facebook it or tweet it or or it's being sold in bookstores you know, all of those moments, I just think, you know, those are that that's a family with possibly three little kids, and those three kids are going to grow up and understand that money comes from work. Money doesn't come from mom and dad's back pocket. You know, when you want money, it, it you work hard for it. And they're going to understand work ethic. They're going to understand to be givers and to save up for what they want and to spend wisely and to have contentment and avoid debt. I mean, all these money issues that so many people wish they had learned earlier in life, there's this whole generation, all these kids across America that are going to learn that. So that, that's probably been one of the coolest things that I've been able to do is that book with my dad.
0: So one thing that I love sharing with Fire Nation, Rachel, is the power of the ripple effect. And you brought that up a couple different times in a couple different ways. But it's so true and powerful, the ripple effect that you could potentially be having on families across America and even across the world where you change the mindset of one mother, of one father, of one set of parents, those children could completely shift everything that happens from that generation forward. And that ripple effect can have incredibly far-reaching results. So I just need to commend you for that, congratulations, and bring you now to present time. Obviously, the book is something that you're really excited about and you're really fired up about, but what would be one thing beyond that that most fires up Rachel Cruz right now?
1: Well, right now in life, uh, my speaking is about to take off for the fall season, so I will be in Three different cities almost every week until Thanksgiving I will be living on an airplane um, but that's really one of my favorite things to do and, and things that just excite me is to be able to travel and meet people and talk to people about their situation and give them hope again in this in this area of life and so uh, that that's a huge thing that's that's happening right now uh, and we also just shot just a few weeks ago a curriculum to go alongside the book uh, smart money smart kids and so we're we're working on the edits and all of that right now and still shooting some things and so that's going to pair up next to the book to go even deeper on this info for kids and money so so that 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 project is in the works and spending a lot of my time doing that and now travel will start this week until thanksgiving so that's um that's an exciting thing going on right now
0: so rachel you're busy But let's be honest, one thing that your father's been able to do incredibly well, and I know this because I'm battling with him every day in the top of iTunes business podcast, is an incredibly successful podcast. He's able to reach literally hundreds of thousands of people every single month, all over the world, on demand, targeted, for free, and deliver this great, amazing content when is the Rachel Cruz podcast coming into town?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh, I have no idea, John. You, you are uh, probably a much better podcaster than I, than I am. So, so I, I don't know. Radio and podcasts, all of that, I, I, who knows? I have a video blog on my website uh, that I share content with twice a, twice a week. But yeah, I don't audio voice.
0: That is so not true, and just to give you some professional podcasting advice, Rachel, completely free of charge, yes. you are doing amazing content right now on your site twice a week in this video blog. There's absolutely no reason that you're not detaching the audio from that video and repurposing it as a twice a week podcast within iTunes, driving the final call to action back again to your to your blog. You would see an incredible increase in listenership and traffic to your blog that people People who will be looking for your content in these massive directories like iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud will be finding you, Rachel Cruz, and getting back to you, signing for your email list and beyond the snowball effect starts. What say you?
1: That's good. That's good advice. So my team who's... You know, working a mile a minute. Uh, I, I will tell them to thank you for this idea I will <laughs> be bringing that to them. So they may. <laughs>
0: Bring it to them, and again, all they need to do is detach the audio, repurpose the exact same content. It could not be easier. And
1: that's great, good, great advice. Thank you, John. You're
0: yeah. welcome, Rachel. My pleasure. And we are about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Every business development process comes to an important moment, designing your company's logo. What do you want your logo to say about your business? This one element will become your corporate visual identity, so the design is important. Because so much marketing is done in the digital space today, logos have gotten much more complicated. Custom typefaces, dynamic color, and even animations have become standard. It's easy to give a logo any of a hundred different design tricks, but when you decide to put your logo on t-shirts and your staff softball team, it becomes a legible. So how do you make sure your logo will work across all platforms? Using color in a logo is smart. It can help your logo be incredibly eye-catching, but an element that is often overlooked and must be considered is the single color logo. Can your logo be printed on a pencil in a single color? If you're looking for the right style for your logo, launch a design contest at 99designs. Logos start at just $299. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. Have you ever spent an incredibly long time working on a blog post, a design template for your email newsletter, or on a recording for your next podcast episode? Then you know how much time and care goes into every single piece of content you create. And can you imagine how many pieces of content you've stored on your precious, priceless computer drive? A lot. That's why I cringe at the thought of losing all my work when I know I don't have to take that risk. In a blink of an eye, everything could be wiped away. But it's incredibly easy to back up your data and projects with the help of Backblaze Online Backup. So why not just do it? Backblaze not only offers an easy backup solution that's affordable, it also offers something much, much bigger, peace of mind. And you and I both know, as entrepreneurs, we can always use a little peace of mind. Ready to get your backup on? Listeners can get a free trial, no credit card required, by going to backblaze.com slash fire. That's backblaze.com slash fire. Rachel, welcome to the lightning rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan?
1: Yes, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: I think for a lot of people, including myself, it's the fear of failure of wondering, are you going to succeed? And that fear, I think, stops a lot of people from pursuing their dreams.
0: So true. What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: I would say, do something with your life that you're passionate about. Something that you love, that you you know you've been gifted in because when you can wake up and and it's not a J-O-B, collecting a paycheck, but you're able to go do something and, and all of you, you know, entrepreneurs, you're starting your, your business, which is probably something you're already passionate about. But I think that that's a great... Uh, a great goal to have when you look back, you know, at 70, 80 years old, hopefully you've lived a life that you've loved every day of the week.
0: Mm, So true. Share one of your personal habits, Rachel, that you believe contributes to your success.
1: I think working hard. I think that that's such an underestimated uh, factor. And especially for my generation where they they expect a lot uh, very soon where uh, success and and doing great in life sometimes takes years and years and years, and you have to work very, very hard at it. I think people expect uh, my generation, especially, you know, the same standard of living as their parents. They expect to have the same success as their parents. Uh, and I think that's those are great goals to have, but that's not something that you're, you, you may not get at, at 22, 23 years old. So working hard day in and day out is key.
0: You can use the word entitled, Rachel. I'll let you Go do it. And
1: t- I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My generation, I feel like, you know, we're always like dogging on, but there's a little truth
0: to it. It's like, <laughs> it's little, it's more than a little. And Rachel, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners?
1: I love cozy calendar. Uh, This is where you can share calendars with with family members. And so my husband and I with my crazy schedule, he has a crazy schedule. Uh, Just making sure that we are on the same page with work is so important. So we don't overbook things and that we are on the same page. So sharing a calendar is, is key.
0: Love it. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be?
1: I love QBQ, Question Behind the Question. It's a book that everyone at our office has to read as they onboard uh, for their first 90 days. And it's really, it really talks about that, that your personal responsibility to things. You know, if you see a piece of trash, it's your piece of trash. So you pick it up, even though you didn't put it there. So kind of just this idea of self-responsibility. I think that's an important factor to have today uh, in a professional environment.
0: Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Rachel, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: Gosh, I would probably find a Starbucks and get a chai tea latte. And (laughs) uh, I would start meeting people. I think building relationships and people you know can take you very far Um, along with your work ethic and all of that. But I think building those relationships is important. So I would go start meeting people in my field of interest and shake hands and, and ask people to lunch and pick their brains with what they're doing and see how I can get involved.
0: Rachel, let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: You can go to rachelcruz.com uh, for all my info and social media is at Rachel Cruz on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram.
0: And what's that one parting piece of
1: guidance? I would say be passionate with what you do. I think that I am so thankful that I found what I want to do with life early uh, and I see that as a gift, but I think everyone out there, don't, don't spend your days wasted away. Yes, you need to pay the bills and you need to be responsible, but ultimately work towards a goal of finding something you can do that you love.
0: Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Rachel and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com, type Rachel into the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up with her book, all of her contact information, and of course, all the goodies that we share today. And Rachel, thank you for just igniting the airwaves today. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thank you, John. Thanks for having me on.
0: Webinars are an incredible way to sell your product, grow your email list, and build an audience. Kate and I reveal our simple eight-step process on our free webinar workshop. Claim your spot today by texting WEBINAR to thirty-eight forty-seven zero.